Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 159 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. One of the subjects that every agency in the federal government is thinking about now that maybe they haven't a lot in the past four, eight, 12 years is equity. You and I talked about that on the television show not too long ago, Robert. And this is something that is particularly near and dear to your heart, isn't it? I should have been open for a long time, but they've really been open by events of the last year. George Floyd and various other um, you know, unfortunate events involving police, um, inequitable impact of the pandemic, and the inequitable resulting negative impact of, of the economic uh, crisis have all sort of shined a bright light on the lack of equity, inequity in our society that's hard to ignore. And the Biden administration has made this among their top four priorities. And, and, and as I've said, it's going to infuse every aspect of the government as they grapple with how to ensure the benefits and services they provide are done in a way that brings a more equitable and just society. Some jurisdictions are ahead of the curve on this, and one of those that is is the city of Los Angeles. Uh, The city of Los Angeles working on the L.A. Equity Index. The city controller, Ron Galperin, is our guest on FedHeads this week. Ron, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. I want to dig into this in a moment. But the question in Washington that I think is really on everybody's minds as far as Los Angeles goes is, how loud are the cicadas out there? They're driving us completely <laughs> insane back here. The dead bodies are everywhere. The racket is driving me nuts, Ron. Welcome. Hello, great to be with you. And thankfully, uh, I have not encountered uh, many of them in Los Angeles. Oh, God, I need to move back there. It's driving me nuts. Um, Ron, seriously, welcome and thanks for coming on the program. What were you and your colleagues in city government in Los Angeles getting at when you conceived the idea of the LA Equity Index? Well, Los Angeles is a city of unbelievable and wonderful diversity. Uh, We've got in our city proper 4 million people uh, in 100 plus neighborhoods. uh, And we are a city that has been changing in terms of the makeup uh, over the course of the last couple of decades. Uh, But diversity does not equal equity. And uh, what we wanted to look at and what I wanted to study was just what some of the inequities are within our city and how do we begin to close some of those gaps because over the long term, it's not really healthy for a society to have a group that has uh, a tremendous uh, uh, amount of resources and then a vast group that does not. And it's not about equalizing everybody necessarily, but it is about equal opportunity and it is about finding ways that everybody can participate in prosperity. You use a word there that I think is important when we're talking about equity, and that is that there is a distinction between equity and equality. For the purposes of professionals like yourself, the dictionary definition might be different. Is it? What's the difference in when you think about those from a governing perspective, those two terms? Well, these things mean different things to different people, uh, and they're used uh, very often interchangeably. Uh, But what I'm looking at in terms of equity is 
what some of the vast chasms are between those who have and those who don't have in Los Angeles. The vast differences in services and in resources, neighborhood to neighborhood, and this is true across the nation. And how do we begin to really close some of those gaps? You're a controller, and I'm not sure it would occur to everyone that this should fall within your domain, that this should be the responsibility of a controller. I fear some people suffer from a lack of imagination about the extent to which the programs they're administering may not be distributed equitably. Can you tell me what programs really surprised you when you began to peel back the curtain and and look at the way they were being administered? Well, this is something that I'm engaged in uh, every day as city controller. And in Los Angeles, the controller is one of three citywide elected officials, along with the mayor and city attorney. And then we have a council of 15. But what I seek to do in my financial audits and my performance audits and also in the uh, open data initiative that I have championed in Los Angeles is to really put it out there for everybody to see to make sure that we understand how our money is being spent and what results are we actually achieving. There are a lot of programs, for example, that may be very well-intentioned, but are they actually getting done what they are supposed to? Done a lot of that around issues of homelessness and issues of poverty. And we know these things are not going to go away tomorrow, but how do we use the assets and how do we use the money and the budget that we have to get the best results? And in looking at you know, each and every single neighborhood, what I sought to do was to create this index. And that index has a whole bunch of different measurements that actually allow you to visualize what the inequities are in LA. What's the data that you use? How do you collect the data in order to analyze it, to make the decisions and, and to, uh, to analyze the situations that you're trying to analyze? If I can add on to that, you know, I suspect that the data sources we have at our disposal are not perfect. What have you done to improve consistency across data collection? That's a great question. We get our data from lots of different places, depending upon what it is that we're, we're going to be visualizing in dashboards and in mapping and so many other things. Um, some of it is internal to our departments. Some of it may come from other government entities, such as the county or the state. Some of it, it may be census data. Uh, some of it may be gathered by uh, nonprofit uh, agencies. So we, we've sought to get our data from a variety of different places. In terms of how do you uh, clean that data, that's always an ongoing challenge. And we've got not a large staff, but uh, they are very focused on making sure that we know that whatever we put out there is accurate and that uh, we check for any kind of anomalies that may suggest problems in how good or how clean that data may be. Do you have all the data elements you need in, in the aspects that you're measuring? Never. I will <laughs> never have all the data that I need. And uh, I see, for example, the current equity index that we've created as basically just the 1.0 version. There will be a 2.0 and a 3.0, uh, and it's going to evolve over time as we seek to uh, really get a better picture. And by the way, getting that picture is really only step one, because just because you understand a problem doesn't mean that you are on the road to solving it. And it's really about working with uh, departments, working with other elected officials. And, and we've done that both in terms of the, the look of uh, uh, what equity is for the city generally, and also we even taken a look internally 
because I believe it's really important to look in the mirror when you're a government agency and to ask ourselves, are we being equitable when it comes to, for example, uh, gender and race? And unfortunately, we found that we've got a long way to go in that as well. Once you analyze data and once you see inequity somewhere, how do you determine the correct course of action to do something about it? How do you determine, I'm, I'm, you only have so many resources, so I imagine there's a triage process where you say, this is something we have to do something about right away, or this is something that we have to really develop a comprehensive strategy to address, and so this one's going to have to wait a little while. How, how do you do those things? There is definitely short-term and long-term. First, let's talk about what some of the data points are that are uh, in that equity index. And we look at education levels neighborhood by neighborhood. Uh, we look at what percentage of people are insured in terms of health insurance. Uh, what are the uh, percentages of owners versus renters? What is the rent burden comparing income to the amount of rent within particular neighborhoods? Um, we looked at uh, toxic uh, emissions and at air quality uh, at a variety of different kind of data points and uh, what those tell us are things that in many ways we've already know in terms of the vast differences between some neighborhoods uh, and others uh, but it really uh, uh, visualizes it in such a way that can be a tool for those within the city as well as uh, by advocacy groups. Now some of the more recent data that we gathered is we did a lot of mapping around uh, COVID and uh, where are those cases concentrated and age and race and ethnicity and gender. And then we uh, also layered it with information about vaccinations. And again, by mapping that, you can tell where the neighborhoods that have gone, uh, gotten lots of vaccinations, where the neighborhoods that haven't, how do you compare that to the cases? And that tells us where should we be investing more resources to try and get people vaccinated. One of the things that concerns me is that a lot of our efforts to address inequity that we discover um, will be met with legal challenges. How are you thinking through what to take on, what to not, how, and, and how are you seeing any legal challenges to your efforts? Well, first of all, I don't think that uh, equity is or needs to be a zero-sum game which is to say that uh, just because uh, other people have uh, more opportunity does not mean that somebody else ends up losing opportunity. Uh, it's a question of how do you increase the size of that pie for everybody. Um, and inevitably, there are always going to be uh, suits uh, on all ends of an issue. But for example, a report that I recently put out looked at uh, contracting equity in the city, and we spend billions of dollars on goods and services like many other large government entities do and looking at what are uh, the actual numbers on contracts that are issued to uh, businesses that are owned by women, uh, businesses that are owned by those that I would describe as representing the full diversity of our city and we fall short and there are of course limitations to what we can do by state law but there's no limitation in terms of how do we do a great job of outreach? How do we do a great job of paying our contractors on time so that they want to do business with us again? How do we do a good job of making sure that our prime contractors reach out to as many and as diverse a group of subs as possible? So there are lots of ways to thread that legal needle. When you 
uh, mentioned a moment ago that you consider this to be equity index 1.0. How will you analyze what you've got so far to determine what you want to change for 2.0 and version 3.0 and so on, Ron? Well, we keep on uh, getting more ideas from all sorts of people about uh, ways in which you can add to that uh, index. For example, uh, I was at uh, a tree planting event uh, just a few days ago and saw for the first time this map that was put together by a group looking at uh, the concentration of trees in neighborhoods, just how green they are. That's a great thing to weave into something like an equity index when you're looking at uh, what quality of life is. So there's constantly going to be more things that we want to add to give us a, a full picture and give us an idea of how do you allocate those resources in a thoughtful way. What do you want other people in city government to do with this? And what do you think other jurisdictions could learn from what you've accomplished so far with this equity index, whether they want to index equity or they want to index some other performance uh, measures of their governments or whatever, Ron? Uh, I have found it really helpful that uh, you take data, which, by the way, is just data, uh, but how do you visualize it? And we, we've done and we continue to do lots of different dashboards and mapping and charts, and we try to make it colorful and interesting and interactive so that it draws people in and so that we have, uh, we have a much more uh, educated uh, an informed electorate, a much more educated and informed group of advocates out there, and that those within city government are as well. And uh, there are some things that may be within our power and some things that may not be within our power. Um, some of the things that I think are very much uh, are looking at our own uh, city workforce and how do we make sure that it's not just diverse, uh, but, but truly much more equitable and we actually looked at the numbers and a lot of people were surprised uh, by the issues within our own workforce and, and pay gaps. That's something that is solvable. Maybe not in, in a week, maybe not even in a year, but over time, it's very solvable. I really think you are clearing a path for a lot of people in your shoes to follow and it'll do a lot of good for a lot of people. So, you know, we try to recognize great public servants uh, when we have the chance. And this, this is a great opportunity to do that. You're doing um, a fantastic thing. Well, uh, I love doing what I do. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, the, the credit is really due to an amazing group of uh, professionals who work in the, the controller's office in LA. Uh, I'm really blessed to work with folks who, and in large part, have been working remotely for the last year and working harder than ever before and producing a body of work that is that is really exemplary. Ron, quick final question and we'll let you go and we're grateful for your time today. How will you measure success? How will you look back on what you've done maybe after 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever and say, yeah, this worked the way we wanted it to work? Well, there are a couple different ways to measure success. Uh, for example, in the case of making sure that our uh, own internal workforce uh, represents that kind of equity, uh, there is a, a new task force that has been created, and they're going to be reporting back on an annual basis to the council and to uh, others within the city what progress has or has not been made on a variety of different data points. Uh, when it comes to the, the more general question of uh, equity 
and of uh, income levels and rent burdens. We have a variety of these numbers that we're tracking and we're going to look at, you know, a year, two years, five years, 10 years uh, from now, how do those numbers uh, stack up? And uh, we can only uh, work and hope that uh, they are reflective of a of a greater level of equity, which in the final analysis will uplift everybody uh, in our city and in all of our communities. Ron, I echo Robert's sentiments. Congratulations on your success, and thanks very much for joining us to talk about it today. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you so very much. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grand Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.